Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Dirk, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Just B. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. What's going on? Always hyped after a win. And we have Melissa. How's it going? What's up, everybody? How we doing? How we doing? And we got my boy, John, back. First time on the since we changed it up and gone to YouTube. What's up, John? Bulls Nation, what's going on? I am not one for video, so this is very tough for me. But I'll try my best. I promise. I mean, what's what's so hard to try? I mean, we're fresh off a win. Right? Oh, oh, exactly. Not only a win, but a win against the Eastern Conference champions, 37-point swing. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was, about to, I was about to turn off the game, like – after the I first was like, if it's like this, yeah, if it was like like halftime and we're still down by 20, 19, whatever, that's it. Uh, but, you know, it was, I'm glad I hung in there. Well worth it. You came correct with the hat, though. Absolutely. Back to back, baby. See you. I'll never forget that night. Stacey King was a big part of that. What do you remember <laughs> from it? <laughs> Stacey King was a big part of the game six comeback, down 15. You know, still Jackson. Yep, it was it was Stacy King, Scotty Pippen, Bobby Hanson, B.J. Armstrong, and Scott Williams, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, Scott Williams. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bulls came back. I think they had like a 10-0 run. They inserted Jordan back in the game about four minutes later, and the rest is history. That's it. Yes, so. so, yeah, the NBA season started since our last episode, and – you know, Justin was at the first game against Miami. Uh, we got a win there. I mean, Justin, how was how was ex- your live experience uh, at the Heat Arena? Uh, well, first of all, like just getting down there was like <laughs> a story uh, because I left late, so you know it's probably about like four and a half hour, uh, four hours forty five minutes, give or take. So just getting down there. Um, I thought that I was going to have some difficulty because from when I last left Miami, like all of the traffic in Miami was like always crazy, especially when you're heading deep into Miami. But as I was getting closer, I realized that the only person who was driving like they were crazy was me. Like I, like everybody else was chill on the road, but I was the one who was like kind of racing down there, but everything worked out smooth. It was um, great being in the arena, even though I was about, yeah, I missed like the first, most of the first quarter, but, um, and I was, I was wondering like, am I going to find like really any Bulls fans for this like home opener for the heat? But like, uh, found a bunch of fans, a lot of good people that I talked to, um, when I got down there, cause I was like anxious about trying to meet up with Stacy and trying to meet up with Chuck. Um, uh, it was, it was funny because I was trying to like get my whereabouts and, you know, Derek, I was talking to you trying to figure out where they were recording from and I was like going around the arena but nobody really knew like where to direct me so finally they like showed me this area and it happened to be right where I was sitting and so like they directed me to the security guy and the security guy's name was uh Jesus and like <laughs> it kind His of name was me. Jesus 
Yeah, his name is Jesus. And, you know, Jesus? I, in Miami, I was just going to say that. That's the thing. Like, he <laughs> said Jesus. And then I said, oh, you mean Jesus? And he's like, no, Jesus. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, <laughs> he I asked sure him, he's sure about his name. My name. <laughs> like, my name that I was born with, or yes, I'm sure my name is Jesus. <laughs> so then <laughs> he, he was like, oh, like, here's, here's where they're uh, – they're um, videoing right now so like you can go on up and I was like well it looks like they're still like recording like are you sure it's okay he's like I'm the head of security in this section of course it's okay I just told you that it's okay like you questioned me with my name being Jesus now you questioning me with my credentials and then I thought about it I was like am I really questioning Jesus like when Jesus gives you the go like you just you need to listen and you just need to go like you shouldn't question Jesus so like that was my <laughs> that was my uh, little story that I had when I was down there, but it was exciting being there because you know no one, as I was listening on the radio, no one was expecting us to come out of that with a win, and especially like the way we handled uh, Miami on their home opener, it was it was pretty exciting to see. Yeah, I mean Demar did his thing, Io was great, got a win. Didn't turn out like that when me and John went to the DC game. Uh, we were robbed. Yeah, they we cheated were robbed. us. <laughs> yes. That, from the Kobe three that they took away, where he was not out of bounds, and they didn't even like show a replay of it. They they came over the PA and the announced was like correction to the score. Uh, wizard player out of bounds. So they took the three away from the wizard score. Like two minutes later, he comes. Correction to that: Kobe White was ruled out of bounds on the three, and then you see the three get taken away from the Bulls, and it's added to the Wizards. And we're just like, "What are they talking about?" There's no replay, nothing. They just took the points away, said he was out of bounds, and then Demar was fouled on that game-winning shot. Wasn't called. I was going to imagine if. I didn't see the game, but like, was that a play that wasn't reviewable? Like, how did that go about with like the whole entire Kobe three? I think the what John the three was what in the first quarter, and then sometime in the second quarter, they're just like, oh, he was out of bounds. And at first, they said it was a wizard player, and then they came back on and said, no, it was Kobe White. And we're just like, huh? At that point, I said, I was telling myself, did I? Drink too many shots before. Like, I'm, I was a bit confused at that moment. I'm like, you know, that, that can't be real. But since you mentioned it and I'm, I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, that, that did happen. <laughs> so, wait, they took three quarters to watch a replay to go back and fix something that was incorrect? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he, he made a three in the first quarter. Second quarter comes around a bit into it. And they said it was a wizard player that was out of bounds on the three. And then they came back over and they were like, no correction. It was Kobe White who was out of bounds during the three. And they took three points away from us. They showed us nothing. <laughs> and we're just like, wait, what? What What three? What are you talking about? And I've seen like the picture on Twitter and his foot is clearly in bounds. <laughs> so... The DC did not want us to win in DC on their home opener. 
in their they didn't want that. No, in their Jordan era throwbacks. (laughs) Yeah, there were more Bulls fans there than Wizards fans, as always. As always, as always, like (laughs) it. I I just don't understand how that happened. But yeah, like you said, it was for Bulls fans, they're the Wizards fans, which is normal for the what's it, the Capital One Arena. They keep changing the name of that arena so many times. MCI Center, Verizon Center, now Capital One Arena. John calls it the phone booth. Well, <laughs> it was the phone booth when it was the Verizon Center, but now I guess it's the now it's the bank. <laughs> 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 so good thing about uh us knowing like that arena and you know where Stacy does sit, we were able to find Stacy. Um was I able to find Stacy, chat with him for a bit. There it is. There's the man, the myth, the legend. The golden pipes. Yeah, the good thing about it was, no, I seen somebody tweet Stacy like a day or two before asking for a picture because their son's a big fan. And I immediately DM'd the guy and I'm like, just DM me when you're there. I know where Stacy is. I'll make sure, you know, you your son gets a picture with him. Oh, that's nice. And <laughs> he was so starstruck meeting Stacy. It was just an awesome sight to see. So I was glad to Make that happen. Uh, shout out to Fitz. Uh, he said he's a subscriber for life now, so guessing he's tuning into this episode. That's awesome. I did not know that you orchestrated that. Yep. It's <laughs> awesome. I did. I do remember seeing him. The Caruso jersey caught my eye. You know. So. Yeah. Nice job there, Derek. And that Stacy's good people. Like. For him to like take the time out to do that, that's that's really solid. Yeah. He's been, um, I mean, we've I've met up with him. I've seen him so many times since two thousand eight, and every time I see him, he's just been so so nice, just the most humble person. Yeah, John, John was ready to invite him to come out with us after the game, but he had to fly right out. Man. One day. Hey, you know we gotta pl- we gotta pull for the Bulls and Wizards to meet up in the playoffs at some point because then he'll be stuck here for three days or so, three or four days, and that will be our <laughs> that, time that's to- the opportunity. <laughs> that is our opportunity. Yes, when that happens. By the way, I did go. Did you go, Derek, to the Bulls Wizards playoff game games three or four when we played them in 2014? Yep. I it's- went to the game four. And that was the game, I believe, where Nene. Yeah, that I think it was Game Four, but I know it was the game where Nene and Jimmy basically butted heads with with each other, and Mike Dunleavy hit that big three at the end. Yep. That was a time I think I only saw like ten other Bulls fans in the whole arena. That place was a ruckus, just all Wizards fans, fake Wizards fans, you know, <laughs> bandwagoners, because they're not there during regular season games, but playoffs come. Oh, I'm a Wizards fan now. There's like five, probably five actual wizard fans. I feel sorry for them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like Stacy had to get right back on the plane because the Bulls had to go and compete on a back to back for their home opener, which 
NBA scheduling is done by monkeys. Um, <laughs> Mel, you were there for <laughs> that game. <laughs> Not a fun one. <laughs> I have too much to say about that game. It was, it was, it was fun, you know, I got to see my friends. We were there for the home opener. Energy was great. Um, unfortunately, the Cavs decided to put on an offensive clinic that day on us. Um, but it's cool, though. I mean, energy was the energy in the UC was cool. Um, at first, right? At first, it was. At first. first, first six or seven minutes of the game, and then <laughs> Le- yeah. Levine looked good. That was promising. Like yes. it was, it was nice to finally see him play. Obviously, for the first his first game of regular season, we're like, okay, his knee looks good. So that was promising. Um, yes. We had no defense, no defense, no offense, no nothing. Uh, kind of flat, but and and we're not gonna blame the refs for this game. I mean, we just didn't play. We didn't play well. But the refs, oh my goodness, we could not get a call. Like we see it live in action in our faces. Like people, our people are just getting hacked. No calls. And Demar gets teed and kicked out. What? Demar ejected from the game. Demar, but yeah, he was um, tired. He wanted. He was like, I'm done. Just let me go. Yeah. Let me go home. It was embarrassing, the, the lack of calls. But again, we're not blaming this loss on the lack of calls by any means. Uh, but it was uh, it was nice to be back at the United Center. It was nice to see I hope you were able to witness what happened last night. Oh, my goodness. Of Center. course. Of course. You were there? Do you, no, are no, you no. a Bulls season ticket holder? I wish. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Soon, though. Um, but, yeah, the irony, right, of, like, we win against the Celtics in the Heat. And uh, <laughs> we lose against the other two, but what do you guys? I think would. About that? I would much rather win against the two Eastern Conference uh, Finals contestants versus yeah. the Wizards and the Cavs. So, okay. um, and the thing is, you got to consider we're already two and zero versus the top tier teams. Last year, what were we like one and thirteen? So yeah. we're already in a better start. It's, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. We got to break their win streak too, the Celtics win streak. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Uh, so, what were some uh, good things like good, bad, ugly? Like, what what were some good positive things that you all noticed, like in between these these first four games that stood out to you, like as far as their style? Io played great yesterday. Io was man. He looked great. He looked great. He was a lot more aggressive. He was doing these. Uh, he was doing these pump fakes and stutter steps and stuff and being aggressive, taking the ball to the cup. So I love that. I love that a lot. That was great. Great to see it to a point where you can almost, you wouldn't even be so concerned if, you know, by the time Zoe comes back, I was still starting here and there just as like Zoe's ramping up. So that's something for me that was like a key takeaway, at least from last game. He, he played well another game too, but yesterday, yesterday he was killing it. Yeah, 22 points, 9 to 10 field goals, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Yep, 6 assists. Like, <laughs> yeah. Three, 3 from 3. <laughs> yeah. Man, he was feeling it. And yeah. I really like the Goran Dragic acquisition. I really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I like how him and Drummond play together. They, they run that beautiful pick and roll. It's, it's, it's great to watch. Derrick Jones Jr., that one play from uh, Dragic to Drummond to Derrick Jones Jr. was really nice as well. Yeah, I liked um, Derrick Jones Jr. getting some minutes. Yes. Didn't see him the first two games. Um, Billy tried him a little bit in the third one, and he he was the difference maker last night. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, knocked down some shots. He was all over the place defensively. He brought that energy with that second unit that played defensively that had that huge swing. <laughs> it wouldn't happen if Derrick Jones Jr. wasn't out there with uh, Javante because Javante came in and you knows five of them. So <laughs> immediate impact and energy. It was great to watch. And he got to the line six times yesterday, I think, too. DJJ. Like, he was yeah. just being aggressive. He was <laughs> beautiful. He brings the same type of energy that, that we get from Wu. So it was cool to see him get more minutes for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, all of that stuff, um, a lot of good points. Uh, the one, one of the major things that stood out to me was just, like, the play of Vooch. Um, and I'm not saying that he's been shooting the ball, like, oh, so well. But just with them, uh, his confidence seems to be totally different this year at the beginning of the year as opposed to what was going on last year. And just with the Bulls, uh, a lot of the action that they were doing, like moving the ball around the perimeter, it was it seemed like it was always with the intent to try to establish Booch down low. Um, and he, and especially in this last game, like it seemed like <laughs> it seemed like he was like playing on a, like an MVP level. Like he knew. I'm the tallest person on this court. I'm the biggest person on this court. I'm the most skilled person in the post right now on this court. And just watching him go to work and just um, be successful down low was like very encouraging to me. I think he had like 20, was it 23 rebounds? Yeah. yeah. It's like second in the league in rebounds. Yeah. He, he's second in the league rebounds per game and he's tied with Rudy Gobert for most rebounds in a single game, which was the 23 last night. Mm-hmm. It was Vooch's birthday. <laughs> he had the ball out. <laughs> he was, he went nuts. He went nuts yesterday. And he was at the line five. He had five <clears throat> throws, I think. He was four or five from the free throw line. But another thing that I liked about him, he put up 19 field goals. That means that he's being extremely assertive on offense. Take, instead of really settling for the three like he was doing a lot last year, he's, he's really pounding it down low. A lot of those um, shots, too, are attributed to putbacks, you know, tipbacks and stuff like that. So really like the way Vooch is playing. He's playing like the Vooch from Orlando that we grew up watching play. Yeah, yeah and the thing is with him, um, with him and his rebounding and his offensive skill set, uh, when you couple that with also what Drummond brings to the table, like with his rebounding and his ability to, like, really solidify um, – you know, everything down low, it really does add an element to this Bulls team that we just haven't seen in a very long time. Like there's not a significant drop off when you're going from Vooch to Drummond. And um, it's, it's just, it's refreshing really um, seeing what we had last year, as far as, uh, you know, how I felt about uh, the Tristan Thompson (laughs) signing before. (laughs) You've heard my rants on that many, many times. But um, just seeing like what he's able to provide for this Bulls team. Remember last year, this was a team that had to do a lot of gang rebounding. And when you have him coming in and grabbing those rebounds and taking up space, the Bulls are able to get out in their transition and start their offense a lot quicker, um, which is going to really, really help them in their offensive flow. Even like when we're looking at the um, shots that DeMar was taking, he had some great one-on-one plays but they were getting into the rhythm of the offense very early on. I think, um, I'm trying to think, I, th- I think it was like the first game um, when I was watching DeMar, if I count it correctly, 
there were like four of his shots that he made that came with less than eight seconds left on the clock. Whereas opposed to with his other shots, they were coming with at least about 12, 13 seconds left on the clock. So I really am liking like the offense that I'm seeing from right now. And I think a, a, a good amount of that also has to go to uh, a good amount of credit should go to, to Billy with uh, the way he's been running things for them, trying to get that identity working for them. I love how Billy coached yesterday. He, he did great. Like he was doing great with the rotations, experimenting and stuff and, and staggering, staggering. It was just, he did amazing. I thought he did amazing. I thought he did great coaching yesterday. And, and uh, I know a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that we are, we have depth now too. Like we're pretty mm-hmm. deep. we got a deep squad now, but just to see that is really great too. Giving people a rest and being able to find out who's working well with who and actually making those changes. And when, when it's not working, there's something actually being done. We're not just sticking with the same lineup. And also, um, how did you feel about uh, Pat playing those first six minutes and then not coming back in again until basically we were pretty much solidified the win? What do you, what do you guys think about that? Pat is the invisible man right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just saying like the starters yesterday I think it was 25 23 19 18 points and then pass four and not only that but he was also a negative nine on the plus minus that's very telling and yeah I, I'm like I liked uh, Billy's coaching yesterday. I felt like he actually coached for the first time this season today, <laughs> yesterday. Um, but yeah, Pat, Pat has been like he's been invisible out there. He he's just not aggressive at all. And then you know he tried to be aggressive yesterday, and the minutes he got taking shots, but they weren't falling. <laughs> and I don't know. People say Billy needs to run plays for him. And you don't have to do that for, like, Javante. Javante's running around without the basketball. He's cutting. Same with Derrick Jones Jr. He came in the game. He's just running around. He's cutting. He's moving without the ball. But I I said a few episodes ago, Javante just a a better fit with the starters, and I'd rather Pete Will come off the bench and bring him off the bench at small forward. Don't put him at power forward. Bring bring Derrick Jones Jr. in at power forward. You can you don't have to have these guys play out of position if Pat comes off the bench because he's not a power forward. He he's just not. He's not aggressive enough to be a power forward. And you know, they say Billy needs to call plays for him. Okay, that's that's half of it because Billy could call plays for certain players to get them and to get them easier shots because Pat can only be so aggressive. Like you saw him take his shots and they were bricking because he's cold. He He's not going to get many opportunities with Zach and Damar and Vooch out there to get the ball. So Unless you are running some type of play to get him into an easy position to score, he's he's going to be cold. 
it's not much aggressiveness he can do. That's not his nature. Like bring him off the bench. That that makes it easier for him, and it makes it easier for the team not to have these slow starts because Vooch, Zach, Demar, Io, Pat are all like chill type of people. That they're chill. I mean, yeah, Demar is a killer when he needs to be in like the fourth quarter and he needs to take over a game. But starting out, everybody's just kind of chilling. And Demar is trying to get other people involved. That's where you bring in Javante, who's going to just give you energy from the jump to offset that. And we're not falling behind 15, 17 points in the first quarter because we were behind big every single game we played. Mm-hmm. We were able to come back into a. We were down like what, 18, 19 in the first quarter? Yeah, we were down. Yesterday we were down 18. No, we were down 19. Yep. Came back and won by 18. <laughs> <clears throat> after Billy brought in the bench unit with Zach on the floor, there was energy, there was defense. You just can't have relaxed players all <laughs> on the court at the same time and wonder why, oh, we're down 18, we're down 15. What's going on? Nobody ha- has that energy <laughs> and that urgency to go and play defense. Even Pat, who was supposed to be one of our better defenders, nobody is giving him that energy out there. Energy is contagious, it's infectious. While you see Javante came in, Derek Jones Jr. comes in, there's energy. Everybody's all of a sudden playing defense and we're back in the game. So, yeah, bench Pat. You, do you guys think it was more of a message to Pat, or is it also more of a credit to to DJJ and Wu, or do you think it's like a mix of both? And what do you think that's going to do for his comp? Like, do you think that's going to help his confidence at all being on the bench? I know we've we've already heard him say in the interviews and stuff, but like, what do you guys think about all that? I think it's a mixture of both, but like, I'd like to answer your question. Like, we're just going back to something. Like, like taking a side step back, you mentioned like the depth of this team. And it occurred to me as I was like looking at, you know, the comeback and I was looking at our expectations or thinking about the expectations for Pat, it made me think about on this team with the, um, the bench that we, we have as presently like constituted. And if guys even come back, like we get ball back, the bench has a, like a chance to really kind of average like 35 points per game. Like just like with the input that we are seeing from, from those players. Then it got me to thinking about what is it that we're expecting from Pat? Because when you have your star players and you look at the breakdown of an NBA team, you have to have the guys who are getting paid the most doing the majority of the heavy lifting. So we need for Zach, we need for DeMar, we need for Booch, and even Alonzo when he comes back, those have to be your main guys. So when you're thinking about like what Pat needs to bring, like, Derek brought up energy and yes that is a big thing but it got me to thinking that if he needs to like go to the bench it's not as big of a deal as maybe what we're making it out to be as fans who want the most from Pat I don't know that Pat can do what we want him to do 
with that team. Now, granted, he is having – like he mentioned like how it's hard playing the stars and you want to get those guys involved. I don't know. If Pat goes to a different team, he's not going to play with a bunch of stars who has giving with the ball as the guys that we have on our team because all of those guys that we mentioned before are willing to give up the ball. But if it allows Pat to, like, develop going to the bench, if it allows him to get some confidence, I'm all for it. Because with the way this team is put together, we don't necessarily need as much from Pat as we – I don't want to say we don't need as much, but, like, what our expectations are versus what we actually need for the team with what Javante is bringing in or or Derek Jones Jr. with their energy. That is what the starting lineup kind of needs. That bench mob, as we were looking at, you know, it can go with whoever is the hot hand. And when you think about um, Pat's, you know, his makeup, coming from that Florida State, you know, team in college, is a guy who's not used to being the guy. Like, let's just, like, we might as well just, like, get that through our thick skulls. He's not a guy who is interested right now in his career path of being the main guy or being the, you know, the go-to score. He might develop into that, but if he's not, then I guess for right now, you know, that's fine. But if he goes to the bench and just kind of adds on to what that bench is doing, just coming out and playing, like, that's what I'm seeing from that bench. They're just coming out and just doing their thing. So if that allows Pat to somehow, you know, grow as a player, but also let him just focus on just the simple things of just running, cutting, um, I'm all for it. Um, and as, as long as we keep winning, I don't really care. Because even when you think about the power forward position anyway, like how many great power forwards are there that are leading the NBA or leading their teams and doing anything from that position? So I think, from our standpoint, we might want to like just temper expectations just a little bit, allow him that time to develop because right now the team doesn't necessarily need him coming in and dominating. So, you know, if it gives him the confidence that he needs to come out there and produce, um, I'm all for it because it's a long season anyway. I mean, you, if you start off with Io, who's shown that he is a starting level point guard with his play. You got to worry about Zach and Demar. Vooch is down low. You can't leave him. And then you have a mismatch because you have five Javantes. So we're playing with more players than they have. If you start Javante because of his energy and he's running around, then on the bench, you bring in AC, Kobe, Pat, Derek Jones Jr., and Drummond, and then you can kind of rotate Kobe and AC with Drogic. Not many teams can compete with that level of depth if you use these players right. And I, I said before, like, Pat's not that guy, and that's okay. That's okay. That's just not him. You know, we talked to his brother last episode, and he said he liked Pat off the bench better. Is is just the better fit for the team. It's not, oh, let's get rid of Pete Will. He's trash. No, he's not a starting power forward that this team needs. Maybe some other team would be okay with him starting a power forward, but this team, 
he's not needed as a starting power forward. Let him do the intangibles. Go out there and play defense. Rebound. You don't have to come in and drop 15 points. Like, but do something because he's just like he's just out there these last couple games. It was pretty telling, like, because I haven't been to an, an NBA game live in years, but just seeing up close, like I'm watching the team, you know, playing very well with against Miami. For some reason, my eyes just kept gravitating towards Pat. And I kept like, you know, I was like on the verge of like, okay, do something. Okay, he's going to do something right now. Oh, like he's, he's good. And it just didn't happen. Like I just saw a player that just kept relegating himself into the corner. Like he would just run down the court and immediately just, it's like he had the best seat in the house because he's just running down the court and just watching everybody else play and like, you know, his hands were up a couple of times, but he wasn't really necessarily engaged um, with what was going on. And even from a defensive standpoint, there were some plays, like you mentioned, like he only played six minutes. Part of that was like his defensive intensity. There was a bunch of like times where he got like on the pick and roll, like the simple pick and rolls. Like he took poor angles, wasn't fighting over screens uh, correctly. And Billy did what you need to do. You need to sit his behind down. Go look look from the bench at what everybody else is doing. Get your mind right. He brought him back in, um, you know, and of course it was for mop-up duty, but like just to get him, get his mind thinking like, okay, what are these other guys doing? What are they bringing for the t- to the table? Oh, they're not calling a play for Javante or for DJJ, but they're still being able to be active, like getting to the basket. All of those things are things that, Pat can do and he has the athletic ability to do it at a high level but if he doesn't recognize that when he's on that starting unit then he's not really doing the Bulls any kind of service you know so it's better for him to go to that bench role learn watch observe and just come back in with a better mind frame what do you think about Pat John well I don't want to give up on him yet, but I do think that the six-man role, maybe coming off the bench, is a better uh, thing for fit for him. Uh, you look at Florida State when he was when he played there one year, he was I believe six-man of the year. Um, so he's definitely got the capability. I think his main problem is it's all mental. I think he's worried about stepping on toes uh, if he's out there and Demar's out. You know, Zach Levine, uh, Vucevic. You know, he can put up 25, 30 points easy. He's got that capability. I think for him, it's all a mindset. And um, I don't know if that's something he's ever going to be able to get through. He might be, you know, and that's okay. If he's if he's a guy that comes off the bench and gives you, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, of solid production, uh, hustle and stuff like that, and scoring uh, when needed, then that's, that's okay too. But, yeah, I think at this point, um, it's best to start Javante Green. Okay, like the main problem is – he was the fourth pick. And yep. that's what people are looking at. Like, oh, for a fourth pick, this guy is a bust. He's terrible. It, Billy said it's not his fault. He was taken fourth. And right. it's not. But we can't have those expectations of a fourth pick being that guy 
for Pat, at least right now, because he's still young. He's, what, 20, 21, just now can legally drink. Like, <laughs> Give him some time to grow, but he needs to be on the bench until he shows more. But the thing is, it's like, it's a problem for us. And I'm <laughs> like, it's like, who, number four pick. So what? Like, I don't care. Um, Io, second round pick. Io's coming out there and balling. I don't care if Io was the second round pick. Just go out there and ball. Who cares where you were picked? You know, and it's funny, like, we have these expectations because people look at other people who came after uh, uh, Patrick and, like, Tyrese Halliburton. Yes, Tyrese Halliburton has had some amazing games. or I won't even say amazing. He's had a really solid beginning um, for his early career. But we also forget Halliburton was traded from a very poor Kings team. He was put on a, in situations on a bad team to be able to just go out there and showcase your talent. I wouldn't say that Halliburton has really, like, manufactured a whole bunch of wins on the prospective team that he teams that he's been on so like all of these like different expectations that people have about who was picked there and whatever it means absolutely nothing um it's just a matter of guys just coming in there and playing with confidence because if we were to go back and redraft a lot of these different draft classes things would be totally different like even you looking at booch booch was who was I forget the, like the center. Like he played for the Andrew Bynum. Yeah, Vooch was a backup to Andrew Bynum. So I mean, when you're looking at like Vooch's career and Andrew Bynum's career, like I, I know Bynum had like a he won a championship with the Lakers, but I think overall, when you're looking at the numbers that have been put up between the two of them, Vooch has had a better career. So. You know, it doesn't matter about this whole entire thing of where guys were drafted. We have to learn how to, and I don't, I don't mean like everybody on this show, but I mean the, we, the fans, we have to get over where somebody was drafted and just, you know, accept players. Like if, if you're coming in and you're adding like some type of element to the team that transfers over into winning, none of that stuff matters. But the thing is, Pat needs to actually start helping this team win. And the best position for him to actually do that for right now it just happens to be in that ventral. Yeah, Justin, to, to be fair, I could enter the NBA right now and have a better career than Andrew Bynum. <laughs> that guy is one of the worst players ever. <laughs> hey, hey, at some couple, point, three years he was to... considered like art, probably like the second best center in the NBA, which is not saying that much because we were like, there weren't a whole bunch of centers that were around during that time period, but I'm just saying. <laughs> what do you guys, uh, what do you guys thoughts on Kobe in the first four games? Male. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know. What is you know? (laughs) What is that? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. He, I do see him doing a little bit better on defense, for sure. Versus last year, um, there's definitely more effort there. Like, I just, 
at the end of the day with everybody, including Pat, I know we just moved on from Pat, but like, I just want to see like the intensity, the energy, the effort, the energy and effort at the, at the very minimum, the energy and effort, everything else will come after that. But um, he has worked on his defense. I, I do notice that, of course, um, it would be great if we could still count on him for, for these shots. That's what he's here to do. Um, other than that, I don't know. I think when Zoe comes back, I don't know where Kobe's minutes are going to go between all the guards that we have. Well, hopefully Lonzo Ball comes back in time for the trade deadline and can use him as trade bait. Trade bait. That's what I. That's my opinion on that. Yeah, no, it's like his minutes. <laughs> I was going to say his minutes are going to be on another team. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we got to give that's him the only reason He's still on the team because Lonzo's out. Give him some credit. There have not been those stupid, like, Kobe fouling the three-pointer. Like, we haven't seen that. I know it's the beginning of the year, but we haven't seen a lot of, like, just bad plays from Kobe. He's just chaotic. <laughs> I feel like he's chaotic. I don't think anything he does is, like, deliberate. Like, anything, like, I feel like nothing he does has purpose. It's just, like, all over the place. Like, just chaotic. Like, whatever happens, happens. Like, he's like a, like, let him loose like a chihuahua, like, running around in the park, <laughs> going crazy. Like, I don't feel like he does anything deliberately. That's how I feel. Sorry, that came out. It's funny you said that, because you said he played better defense, so you're saying <laughs> accidentally played better defense. No, that's probably the only thing I really want to give him credit for, is him playing better defense this year. I can see that he worked on his game defensively. You're definitely right. You're definitely right about that, Mel. Yeah. Yeah, he he's definitely better defensively. Um, streaky as always, but that kind of goes back to Billy. Like, if I I ask each of you, what is the Bulls' offense game plan? Nobody has an answer. That's no, that's concerning. Not. It's not <laughs> you know what? That's. That's an interesting question. I think, um, and this goes back, you remember, like, um, I don't know if you all saw, like, when I put on the, um, I was answering some kind of question, and I said, with the Bulls coming back from that deficit versus the Celtics last night, we should not have been surprised by that. And I meant to say that, that, like, the Celtics right now, they're kind of, like, stuck into finding out what their their identity is like the Celtics are have a bunch of guys who are scorers who can shoot they think that they're shooters who can score there's like a total difference they haven't and that's why you saw with like them jacking up a whole bunch of three-point shots that's not necessarily something that's within their their identity as a team and also on the other side of that defensively they've been giving up a good amount of points to begin the, the start of the year I think this Bulls team is in that same sense trying to find their their identity. Zach didn't start the first couple of games. Um, so they're really trying to work things coming through Vooch and developing him down low. And we seem to find a rhythm between Vooch, DeMar getting his shots when, you know, the, the offense breaks down. But like a lot of um, intensity also from, from Io. This is going to be a work in progress over the, I'd say, the first 20 games, trying to understand what they do best 
and trying to figure it out. It's a totally new game plan that Billy has put in. I love the fact that the ball has been moving around. Everybody is involved except for Patrick. <laughs> He's starting. But everybody is pretty much involved. And I think that this offense is still in the early stages of trying to find out what their identity is and what they do best. But I'll tell you from last year, you know, the Bulls are down in that deficit. That's not a, a game that they come back and win. Um, but they they won it because they were actually staying true to their identity. You had a big man on the court who was bigger and stronger and better than anybody else. Find him, get him the ball, and good things are going to happen for your perimeter players. Um, and I think that that's what the Bulls are in the early stages of finding out. Like, we can really be successful if we work our offense through Booch. And I think that that's something it's going to take them some time to figure that out with Zach coming back and, you know, the, the situation with his health. But I think it's still a work in progress. Yeah. The Bulls game plan is run. Get out and run. That's, that's what Billy does. He's not an X's and O's coach. So his thing is play defense, get out and run on transition. You guys get stuck. Throw it to DeMar or Zach. They, or they have Zach. to bail us out because Billy is not drawing up half-court plays. He wants them to get out and run, which is why they went out and got Lonzo. Because who's better at getting the team out running better than Lonzo Ball who can throw the ball from one end of the basket to the other on a fast break? The problem is with doing that, he's not drawing up plays to help his players get good quality shots like Patrick and Kobe. Kobe's role is to come in and be a fire starter, but he's coming in cold every time. That's why he's so streaky. If Billy, you know, drew up a couple plays for Kobe, like put him in a pick and roll, let him get a couple twos in first, and not just expected him to come in and start jacking up threes, maybe Kobe's not that streaky. Maybe he doesn't look like a chihuahua just running around doing stuff on accident because he knows, okay, this plays for me. I'm going to go in and get an easy bucket, and then my three game will open up. No, it's get the ball, run. And doing this also is why the Bulls were like dead last in rebounds last year because you want everybody to get out and run. Nobody's crashing the board. You got Vooch down there, and then there's four other players from the other team trying to get the rebound. That's why we weren't getting rebounds last year. And surprisingly, you know, Vooch got a lot of offensive rebounds last night. Brought in Drummond for rebounds, but that's still, you have, you're depending on one of those two at all times to be down there and everybody else is leaking out because you want the team to run because you're not a good enough coaches with X and O's to draw up plays in the half court. And then we, we sit here and we wonder why oh, Patrick's not scoring. Kobe, oh, why does he keep shooting threes? Vooch, why is he out at the three-point line right now? Because you, have, you want to leave space for DeMar because you know if we don't get a fast break, 
you gotta probably give it to Demar and let him work something in the mid range. So my issue a lot more with than anybody on the team is with Billy. I agree. I'm with you. That's why it, a lot of times I'm, I'm just, it's just like they lack composure because, again, there's no setting up of any place. It's just chaotic. Exactly. <laughs> it's chaotic. Yeah. And, and we always have to. It's not as bad, I don't think, so far in these last four games. It's only four games, but not as bad as last season. I'm seeing some I am seeing some really nice ball movement here and there. Um, they had like DJJ and Wu were setting like these hard screens, which is really nice. I'm seeing some more pick and roll um, versus last year, but there is definitely a lot of room for improvement. As you said, there aren't any plays getting drawn up. When you ask us that question, crickets, it's true. <laughs> right. That's like, he's not drawing up these plays and it's so chaotic because when the bulls aren't getting the rebound and running out and there's no plays, that's when these other teams start going on runs. And then they're trying to score like quickly to stop the run because Billy is not calling the timeout when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Even last night, I felt like Billy coached very good last night. He was still a play behind a couple times when calling the timeout. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it was Tatum hit a three right over Booch. No timeout. They get the ball back, then knock down another three. That's when he calls the timeout. Mm-hmm. It should have been called as soon as Jason Tatum just shoots over Vooch and drills a three. You need a timeout right there because I just shot over your center, and it's not like I was wide open. He was right there. I shot over your center. I made a three. We're cutting into your lead. You, you guys lost to the Cavaliers and the Wizards. We were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Why wouldn't I think that we're about to make this comeback because your coaches are calling a timeout? And I'm screaming like, Billy, call a timeout. I think all of those points are fair. But also, like, when you're looking at the wins that the Bulls have had this year, short year, obviously, they've still been getting more assists than the other teams. And I understand, like, we might be like, well, why isn't he calling plays? But then I have to ask myself, well, when he, like, when we were getting, like, um, DJJ more involved in the pick and roll action or, like, with Javante, like, going out and doing his thing, is that really, like, the coach who's doing that? Or is that just players recognizing when they have certain mismatches to take advantage of? Like I was saying before, with them establishing Booch down low, and not just establishing Booch, you saw Ayo who was going hard to the basket. Why were they doing that? And have any center that was any type of a shot blocker who was posing any type of threat. And yes, you can ask your coach to like draw plays, but also we also need to accept the fact that this Bulls team is getting better players who are more mindful who like have a better understanding of how to play this game. Like I remember like I was talking to my dad one time cause he played college ball and you know, I was asking him like, how, how did you get better? And he's like, well, obviously you go out there and you practice, but he said, 
you know, Justin, it's a simple game. Put the ball in the hoop, you know? So, like, I think we put some of this, like, pressure on Billy. And, you know, some of it is rightfully deserved as far as, like, calling timeouts uh, before, like, a lead gets out of hand when you're when you're uh, coming from behind. But it's also, it needs to be put on those players. And I like, from what I'm seeing, the players are getting more involved with taking more ownership of, you know, recognizing mismatches. There were too many times, and not just from Booch, but from other players who have been on this team before DeMar got there, or not DeMar, but from Bill, Billy got there. When you have a mismatch, go to the mismatch. Too many times last year and too many times on other teams, we saw players who would see that there was a smaller player on them. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to take advantage of this guy who I have, you know, a, a, a bigger uh, advantage on. Like, it doesn't make any sense to not go to your your mismatch. And you see good teams who are doing that. And I think that we're seeing a lot more success with them for right now because upgraded the players who actually can execute and who can go out there and recognizing those things on themselves. And I'm not giving Billy a pass because there's definitely things that he can work on. But I think we also need to recognize that these players need to take some ownership with that too. I mean, yeah, but there are players that don't need plays called for them. There are players that do. Patrick does. (laughs) Kobe does. Yeah. It can't always be like, we can't always be reactive. Like for for sure, the talents there, and they are recognizing their skills and their what their weaknesses and strengths are. Like we knew, we saw Vooch playing big because he recognized the mismatch. But it it can't always be reactive. Like we also have to have things in place too. For as Derek said, for other people that need those plays drawn up, just it's just what it is. It's what coaching is all about. I tried, Billy. You're fired. I know. I, I overall, though, as I said, I'm very impressed with Billy's coaching last night. I was very pleased with it. Yeah, he he didn't have to go and use the Michael Jordan strategy with Demar, which is get the ball to Demar and get out the way. Mm-hmm. D- that's what he does a lot of the times. Correct. I mean that that was the old Doug Collins. Get the ball to Jordan and get out the way. Like everybody, just move. But also, in fairness. We've seen, like you mentioned, like getting plays called for Kobe. Kobe's missed a good amount of wide open shots. You know, you kind of like, you have to like, okay, like if you get a shot and you're open, you know, you got to execute that. You And that goes back to what you were talking about before, Mel, with like just like seeing consistency from these players. Like you're getting a shot. So when you're open, you got to like nail it because you, at the end of the day, this is a job that you're getting paid a good amount of money to do to execute. Even if you're giving getting those limited opportunities, you got to knock down some open shots too. So, you know, I think it's again, it's a process. But I like, I kind of like, I, I kind of like what I'm seeing from this process early on. That's all I would say. I'm like, yeah, Kobe's getting open shots, but he's cold. Why? No play is called for him just to go in and get an easy bucket. He's just immediately on wide open three. And it's a brick because he hasn't taken anything else. He this is the first he's a he's in a catch and shoot situation. He's not even dribbling the ball to get a feel of the ball. He's catch shoot. 
most of the times it's a brick and he's wide open because okay. he's cold. I see that. This, this, he you, needs a jump start. <laughs> Get this man a, some jumper cables. <laughs> Give him a Snickers bar. Kobe handling the ball more? Is that what you're saying? Like, you want Kobe dribbling the ball more? Because I don't. Yes. Not, not in the sense of, like, driving, doing things like that, but catch a couple dribbles. Like, if he can, like, dribble to the side of the defender and shoot, they usually go in. He's a lot better in that situation than he is just catching and shooting. Mentally knowing okay. that this play is being drawn up for him. Like, he's mentally prepared for it versus just the catch and shoot. And we we pray. Throw well, see, that's the thing. The Bulls need a BJ Armstrong type of player, catch and shoot, and that's what they want. That's what they want Kobe to be, because that's what we need. But he's not that. That is not what he is. It's. That's all but, we wanted him to do. Like why? Yeah, catch and shoot. Be a BJ Armstrong. That's all we wanted. Like I thought we would have come out in off season. Even, even if you look at the three Javante made last night. He caught it and took two dribbles. Splash. That was beautiful. Yeah. Catching the ball and just going up with it. Mm, and when that's like your first touch of the ball in the game, you're probably going to miss it. That's Steph Curry. Okay, but in all fairness, <laughs> and I hear what you're saying, Javante is not a shooter. But he knocked it down. Work on that. Like Kobe, Kobe, you. Kobe, like, he has been known to be that person who's scoring and, you know, can catch fire. But we've seen Kobe with the ball in his hands, and it has not been very good. And I understand, like, you want to get certain actions with Kobe getting involved. And I did think in that last game, or it might not have been that last game, but it was one of the games, like, Kobe, like, you did see some action with Kobe getting to the basket and, you know, a lot more confidence in that area. But at the same instance, it's like whatever. I feel like I'm like going up, going up, trying to uh, swim upstream on this one. Like Kobe needs to execute when he's out there. Um, and, you know, I think it can be a little bit of both, too. Like it can be Billy trying to get him more involved, but it can also be when Kobe is out there. Like as Melissa said, like he needs to think more. Like if, if you have the ball and you see an area where you can get to the basket instead of just chucking up a three-pointer i don't think that that's the i don't think that's billy donovan being like okay kobe when you get in there and you get the ball the first time you touch the ball just chuck up a three-pointer instead of like actually running a play and trying to get within the teeth of the defense we see io getting into the teeth of the defense and we're talking like people mentioned. I was a lot better with the ball. Like completely different skills. Yeah, I was a lot better with the ball. Yeah, Kobe has short arms. He has dinosaur arms. So that, and, and that's like going off of what you're saying. If he has these short arms, and you're saying that it's hard for him getting to the basket, what do you want Billy to do besides those catch and shoot opportunities where he's not going to get the ball taken away from him or blocked? Have somebody set a pick. He dribbles to the side, shoots. That is that simple. I think he doesn't have. I don't want him driving because Mm -hmm. he has short arms. That's why his dribble has always been so high. And you know, me and you've talked about his high dribble. It's because his arms are short. 
he can't go down low with the ball. It's Chris Paul. Chris Paul doesn't have long arms either. Chris Paul is a point guard. <laughs> this is Kobe White we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know about these comparisons. <laughs> I mean, I know was bad enough. Now you went to Chris Paul. <laughs> I don't know. We got to scale down these. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's Chris Paul, but I am saying that when Kobe and Chris Paul trained the, him, we we have seen we have seen plenty of scenarios in Kobe's career, and this is not just like with Donovan. And I'm not like even wanting to go back to that other coach who should not be named, but we've seen plenty of opportunities where Kobe has the ball in his hands, and even just coming off of the screen. He is not consistent with knocking the shot down. He needs to develop consistency. Like if you want the coach to call players for you, you actually need to be consistent at something. And there's not anything that I've seen from Kobe that warrants anything with them calling plays for him because he's not consistent. We have faith in Javante because Javante consistently attacks the rim. He's shot that three-point shot. He's getting better at it, which is why people are putting faith in him and why you see these plays that are working for him. Kobe needs to play better. And I, I get, like, we want to get him involved in, in everything. He needs to play better. That's just, you know, we've already – we've all agreed to that. Kobe just needs to be more consistent. Okay. Um, Don't back down, You, you said, like, said Patrick – he wasn't doing anything and Billy rightfully yanked him out, right? Yeah. Kobe, first possession, jacks up the three. Does Billy sit him down? No. Because Billy wants him to shoot. He has the green light to shoot. He and Zach are like our only reliable three-point shooters right now with Zoe out. So he has the green light to shoot. That's why he's he's going to shoot. That's what Kobe does. He Like Kobe. He he thinks he's Kobe. I don't know <laughs> if that's necessarily like he has the green light or as like his spot in the rotation is kind of solidified as far as we don't have anybody else out there with the lineup that Billy is trying to run. But as we mentioned earlier, once Lonzo gets back, do you see Kobe having the same amount of minutes Kobe won't like be if, on no, this team. No, no. <laughs> so, 100% no. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I said I was out on Kobe, but everything is not on side. Kobe. I feel I'm like you're talking about man. Kobe too much, actually. I feel like this conversation is going on way longer than it needs to. It's like, you really have me in here defending Kobe, but I already said I am out on Kobe. He will be traded at the deadline. I know. That's why I said we're on the same side here. Because <laughs> I said he needs to be more consistent. You said he needs to be cut. Billy needs to, he be, needs fired. to be cut. So let's just go ahead. But on. for the time being. It's like one of those things where whatever we're doing right now is not working. Like have not having any plays drawn up for him is not working for him, clearly. So while we have him, let's drop some plays and see if that works. If just, it doesn't work, just, just let him dribble one or two times. One or two dribbles. That's it. One or two dribbles. You you seen in preseason Andre Drummond, he was dribbling down the break and then he's walking into threes. And it's Andre Drummond, three for three from three from three. That man has ice in his veins. Kobe right. Because he veins. got the chance to dribble. 
ice in his veins. <laughs> we have spoken so, about Kobe. But... Yeah. All right. Enough about Kobe because <laughs> we have to unfortunately go back to Pat. <laughs> because <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> is October 26th. And if people remember from last episode, that's Pat's brother's birthday. And he's challenged Pat to get a new career high tomorrow against the Pacers. It was points at first, but then he changed to any category. Me and John were talking about this after uh, the game, like when we went to dinner. Pat's career high in assists is four. I think Pat should aim for the assists. He's had no assists this season. He has zero assists no for the assists. whole season. Exactly. Zero. Get five. And <laughs> you, you've made your brother's birthday wish come true. We set in the bar real <laughs> What's his uh he's not getting 36 high? points? What's his career high for fouls? Maybe he can foul out. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Not the slander. He can get six fouls, maybe. <laughs> if he plays long enough. <laughs> he's not aggressive, though. He's, I not, mean, he's not aggressive enough to foul. <laughs> I mean, Ben Simmons can foul out in 17 minutes, so. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, it's doable. At least we don't have Ben Simmons in that albatross of the contract. Yes. Silver lining, always. Yes. Does it have to be assists? Like, can it be like uh, blocks or something like it can that? Be any he's any category. category. Yeah, any category. Any category. Yeah. Technical fouls. <laughs> has he had one? All he he's, has to do is get he's one. He's probably never had one. <laughs> All he has to do is get one. <laughs> you said we're setting the bar low. <laughs> so one with six fouls. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> like his career high in points is thirty five. He's he's not getting that. How about no. rebounds? Fourteen. Not 14. getting. No. His average. Side note: He's averaging lower than our our guards this season. I know it's only four games, but he's averaging lower than like AC and Zach. I'm just saying. For rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, that's like if you look at his, and I know it's been a short career. But when I went back and looked at his numbers, I'm like, dude does not rebound exceptionally well at all. He shouldn't be averaging under our guards. Yeah. As a power forward, you should not be averaging under any guard. I don't care. But is is, is that the problem? He's not a four. Exactly. That's the problem. But even so, he's a small forward. Yeah. Yeah, but rebounds are an energy stat. Like, dude, like the ball's in the air. Go get the ball. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, he's running the- down court because Billy wants Pat, him to run. Pat right. is not running down the court. <laughs> like, they're playing. Play. You he- are not going to sell me on Pat running <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> I know. Okay, he's not running, but he is not down low (laughs) to get a rebound because he knows the team is going to run, so he's at least above the three-point line when that ball goes up because he's going to casually jog down while the other team (laughs) is running, okay? (laughs) You're right. He's he's not running down the court. At least we can agree on that one because he should have more rebounds. That's an energy... 
rebounding is an energy stat. And I know that there ha- there have been plays where he has like successfully screened out his man so that Booch can grab the rebound. But at the same instance, like like you were saying, Caruso, um, Zach, Io, like they should not be averaging more rebounds than you. Like that's just ridiculous. Absolutely. And they're they're supposed to be the ones who are either leading the fast break or running on the fast break. So it doesn't make any sense that he is not getting any rebounds whatsoever. Like it's an energy stat. You gotta go get the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Especially with his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Dude has like what a six eleven and a half like wingspan. Mm-hmm. You're six foot eight almost. Go get the ball. If he came in with the same intensity at his stature as as Wu or J- DJJ, we'd have no issue. None. Energy and effort. I keep saying it. It's it's it. That's it. Energy and effort. Like it doesn't even have. It's like the intangibles. Like it's all we need. <laughs> Just wake up. Wake up. I mean, yeah, the stats can't get much worse. Zero assists. He said zero assists. Zero assists. Not one. Three rebounds. Well, a half a block and a half a steal. 32% field goals. Wait, 20% three point field goal percentage. Yeah, what is that? I was like, how did he get a half a block and half a steal? Half a block a game. Half a block a game, half a steal a game. I'm going over his averages for this year. He's regressed quite a bit. Last year, he. Shot 53%, albeit it was only uh, six attempts, but still high percentage. But you're, you're like average, like, how do you share a block rate? I don't understand that. That means he I got mean, what a block the first game and right. block he's, the fourth game. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so he's got, he's got two blocks and he's got two steals over four games. So it's half yeah. a, half a, a half. Each. Mm-hmm. Justin, you're well, a you're only a teacher. Pat would come up with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Only Pat can make that stat actually work. <laughs> I understand the concept, Derek. I'm just saying, like, how the his numbers just don't make any sense to me. Like, they just well, don't. Like, for and I I understand that he hasn't, you know, played. We ha- he didn't play at all pretty much last year. It's the beginning of the year now, but like you would think, at least like. From his first year, he would have more, more rebounding percentages than that. Like it just it does not make any sense to me. And yeah, and then even the worst stat is negative nine. He's a plus minus negative nine. So on average, the Bulls are down nine points when he's out there. And that's why he's played less minutes than Javante and Derek Jones Jr. in the last two games. Well, and then and then uh, on the contrary. Alex Caruso was plus 29 last night. Plus 29. That's crazy. So those guys play bigger than him. That's just the bottom line. Like when Ayo's on the court, Ayo seems bigger, taller, stronger than Pat. Pat kind of just fades to the background. Javante, when he comes in, he feels like a player who plays up to a certain level as far as his height. Javante seems taller than me than what he actually is. Um, but if you were to tell me that Pat has the measurements that he has, I would be shocked because like, if I was like the average fan, just looking at him because he does not play up to those measurements. So just energy. He needs energy. Like respect himself. Confidence. Yes. Yes. Same. I just, 
It feels like he just doesn't respect his game, like himself. He doesn't respect himself. Right. Yeah. We need to infuse some Dale and Terry in him, you exactly. know, some excitement. Yeah. He's like the opposite. He's like dead man walking dead sometimes. Just he looks dead. And I still have to give up on him. Like I'm saying mid-season, but all he just needs, I don't know what it's gonna take, but he needs like a complete shift in his mindset. Like his whole mentality is just it's just so blah. Like I need you to like be a dog, man. Like it's just moping around and stuff. Like I even like last night I got a glimpse of him on the bench. You know, we're blowing the Celtics out. The the whole bench is just all excited, you know, the look on their faces and P Will's just like it's like he's ready to go to bed. It's like I mean, literally, like he's wow. I'm curious as to what he listens to before, like he gets in the game. Like he seems like he listens to like Sarah like you know those sad dog commercials with like the woman singing Sarah McLaughlin. I I need him to like listen to somebody who's hype. Like yeah, he's listening to some violin music. I want to know. Man is listening to classical music. Uh huh. Nothing wrong with that at bedtime. Not a game time. What was MJ's hype? What was MJ's hype song? Was it wasn't it Aretha Franklin? It was Anita Baker. Anita Baker. Anita Baker. <laughs> that's what he. That's, that's what he told Jim Brown after the shot over Elo in '89. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I mean, he, he, you saw him on the last dance, rocking out the Kenny Lattimore. <laughs> the way he's that's right. There's no was, way. That was nine years <laughs> like Kenny Lattimore. That was nine years later, though. <laughs> That's him saying I can do that in that mentality. That's that's just him being him. Like I need for Pat to get some like walk up like bullpen closer music. Like get some rock in there, Metallica. Do something. Metallica, yeah. But the thing is, rhymes, like, whatever. We, you guys well, when see... we talk to his brother, like that's just how that's just how he is. Like that's just Pat. So like, what do we do? That's how his brother described him in the first place. He's just kind of like low key, and that's. I guess kind of low energy in I mean, comparison to his brother Kobe. Like he said, Duncan Kobe. was low key. Yeah, <laughs> he was effective. Did Very you cool. guys see uh, the clip of the Bulls at Six Flags and the team is like trying to convince Pat to get on the roller coaster with the rest of the team? Yeah, he said. And he yep. then they started like applauding and cheering once Pat was like, "Okay," and you see him walking towards the roller coaster. That's like. Fitting, uh, yeah, because that's like the game. Like Pat, come on, do something. Like <laughs> he's starting, and he's played less than Derek Jones Jr. and Javante in the last two games. So he's starting and playing like sixteen minutes a game. John, you know who Pat is right now? Pat? Keith Bogans. Yeah, Pat Williams is Keith he's Bogans? Keith Bogans right now. But but mm-hmm. I remember Keith Bogans was you know he, he was. Um... A solid starter. Um, he, he at least he for a few minutes. Well, <laughs> and then they took stopper. him out. Yeah. Right, he was a good defensive stopper. I mean, you know, he fit in as well, very well. I could tell you this: he was a better starter than Patrick Williams. <laughs> at least he was good at you know playing that Ron Harper role, kind of like shutting the, the guy down a little bit and hitting the three. He was a three and D guy. It was just like Thibodeau. <sighs> Refused not to start Keith Bogan, so he started every game. He played like maybe five minutes, and then you really That's didn't true. see him much anymore. You didn't see him much more. Ronnie Brewer, yeah, that, that, my all time favorite bench mob player who was on here a few weeks ago. Love that guy. He he should have started. Exactly. But 
for whatever reason, Tibbs stuck with Keith Bogans as the starter, even though he did not play starters minutes. <laughs> that's true. He did not. I don't that's, know. I that's just, what Patty is right now. He did okay. I Keith Bogans in 62 and 20 and, you know, Eastern Conference champions or champions should have been Eastern Conference finals. <clears throat> I think to, to give some. He some averaged. Go ahead. Bogans averaged 17.8 minutes a game and 4.4 points. That is Pat right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's good actually. Yes. Let's see what let's see how many ab, uh minutes Patrick is averaging. He's averaging, okay. Yeah, 20.6. Yep. <clears throat> Very good comparison. I don't know. I just think I, when I think Keith Bogans now, I just think, you know, Bruce Bowen, a, a poor man's Bruce Bowen. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he played okay on defense, though, to give him a little credit for in his yeah, uh... better than Patrick. Put more effort out there, at least. <laughs> he averaged 1.8 rebounds. That is Patrick. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How many threes did he average since you're on him? Uh, I don't know. I, it doesn't tell me that. I have to it go doesn't. deeper into. <laughs> All right, have, you guys, have you guys given up on him though? Because I haven't. I just want to know how. I, I haven't. I just. No. He needs to come about, off the bench. We're talking about right now. We're talking he about right not now. He should not be starting. He should not be starting. That's how I feel too. I feel. And same. you know, the Bulls have like a, not a lot of credit is being given to this front office because a lot of people are like banging on Pat and whatever. But you realize, like, the Bulls have like kind of built a situation for the time being right now where they can put him on the bench and develop and they can still be just as effective. Like they're not, we're not in a position where we're relying on high draft picks in order to move this team forward. And I'm thankful. Like, I don't, I don't care if we, if none of our first round draft picks work out, we get guys in here that can play and ball and be competitive and, you know, get into the playoffs and move this team forward from where they were just, what three years ago <laughs> where it was just you know it was, it was kind of a bear <laughs> talking about the Bulls sometimes um I'm happy and you know they have that situation right now where they can kind of put like put the brakes on him just a little bit allow him to clear his head mm-hmm. work on his game mm-hmm. um be be more low-key and you know continue to develop and if he doesn't develop then Get somebody else in there. But for right now, you know, I don't know, like, they're really in that position where they need him to be that guy. So let me ask a question. Who should start? Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., Alex Caruso. He can also play some power forward as, as well. Who do you start? Woo. Yep, I agree. Same. Do you all ever see like a possibility where if Lonzo comes back at some point where Lonzo, like all of Lonzo, Ayo, um, Damar, uh, Levine, Booch, like they're all playing together? Yeah. Because Billy loves three guard lineups. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening. <laughs> yeah. Ayo, Lonzo, Zach, Damar, and Booch. Yeah, you guys back at the three and DeMar at the four. DeMar's played some four in San Antonio, so. Sure did. But a great number is doing that. 
So yeah, I, I could definitely see Billy running that lineup sometimes. And I don't I think, think it would that's work. A bad thing, you know. I I don't know. I'm not out on 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 Pat by any means, but like I'm not to the point where it's like Kobe, like where I'm like it's time to go. Mm-hmm. You know this this relationship has run its course. Um, it's not me, it's you, and it's time time for us to go our separate ways. But um, you know, Pat still has some time, so like just allow him to develop. Yeah, people but keep I- forgetting that it's like it's like it's really like his second year, even though it's his third. I mean, he barely played last year. Yeah, first year of a training camp. You know, I think more than anything, what people are upset about and disappointed about with Patrick Williams is it's not even the fact that he's number four, a number four draft pick. It's the <laughs> fact that we've seen him in spurts. We've seen him in games where he has the ball in, in his hands and he's the focal point, on, focal point on offense, where he's got the capability of putting up 35 points. That's the thing that's just very disappointing. Um, he's got the talent. I mean, he goes to a team, a lower echelon team, a team that's not going to make the playoffs, and he's – the number one score, he can average 20, 22 a game. Easy. Like Lori. Yeah. yeah. Except like Lori's on a playoff. Except Lori's on a playoff team. Yeah, but I don't know if Patrick Williams could do that on a playoff team. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of Lori and uh Saxon's team right now. So Well, as as much as I used to rag on Lori, he's Lori was head and shoulders better than Patrick Williams is. He's never I mean, even in his worst year with Jim Boyling, you know, meathead man, he was uh, he was better. That's not saying anything that's like incorrect because we have actual moments of Lori doing something for a month's time. Like we keep talking about this, like what Patrick has done. He scored the career high versus a team that also was playing backups. So that is true. You know, we we all like for everybody who was like pointing, oh, look at that, like like what he was putting up. You know, the, none of the starters were playing on that team, so it took sure. none of That's the starters. They had one starter out, so it's you know they, they were missing one starter, Justin. Their, was their it starters only one played starter? Are you sure yeah. it was just it was one only one? Star- okay, yeah, they were only missing I one starter against Minnesota. Yeah, but who was, remember he. I, yeah. I thought it was like a, a bunch of their guys that were out. Nope. Or was it like the scenario where like it wasn't like that? Because it was like what the last game of the it was the last game it was, of the season. It was the last game. And yeah. <laughs> well, I think the the okay, game I that I remember that he he went out and balled in the last game of the year versus you know when everything had already been decided. Well, in game and five of the playoffs, seven. he had twenty points. Did he not? Game yep. five, right against Milwaukee. Yep. Against Giannis. When the majority of our starters were out and when Chris Middleton was hurt and you know that's well, Zach Levine was out there. Zach was out. No Lonzo. AC right. was out. So that's why I'm like, we gotta like just pump the brakes on what we think that he can actually do. Cause he hasn't done anything consistent as of yet. I mean, we're still talking about him out getting rebounded by our guards. So <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, it's, it's us calling him a uh, baby Kawhi last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on Stacy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Thanks, a paw, <laughs> a paw. Yep. 
I think he'll develop though. I really do. I really do have faith in him. Like no joke. I really do have faith in him, but off the bench, off the bench. Yeah. Okay. Five years from now, what's Patrick Williams? No. Five years from now. That's too far. Where's he at? Is he still here? Yeah, that's like way too far. (laughs) Five years. When he's in his prime. When he's in his prime is what I'm saying. When he's in his prime at his best. Oh. But, But where is he at? Is he still on the Bulls or is he somewhere else? Well, if he's not on the Bulls, then I don't care. Nothing but bull. Nothing but bull. I'm just saying, you you see how uh, Wendell's better off. We were we were saying that Io and uh, Pat were going to be the future of the Bulls last year. Io's the future of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can keep Dalen is the future of the Bulls. We gotta He's pay gonna him. be a free agent. We gotta pay him. We gotta show him the money. Yeah. He's gonna be a free agent this coming summer. His value. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Kobe didn't get an extension. Why? Because you know they gotta pay Io. <laughs> exactly. Io is the future of the Bulls. Dalen Terry is the future of the Bulls. I, I the jury's out on Pat. I wanna wait till like midseason. To make any crazy predictions, I, I, uh, not everybody develops at the same rate. And again, he didn't, he barely played last year. We see potential. Everything we talk about is always potential. We see what he can do and nothing's consistent. We see how athletic he is and his built. Um, but most of it is just, it's all, I think it's like 90% mental with him, if not even like 95% mental with him. And I don't know how, I don't know how to adjust that I don't know how he's gonna adjust that like that's something he's got to find within himself if like getting benched wasn't enough and I know we've already talked about that but like if getting benched wasn't enough for you to wake up and be like damn maybe that's what he wants yeah I think it is I think he doesn't I don't think he it doesn't seem like he's working well under all this pressure that uh that everybody's putting on him as us as fans and I don't know. It's, he doesn't seem like he works well under pressure. I think he has to take the back seat for a little bit and build that confidence. Um, it's not. It's not for everybody. Not everybody is a "I'll prove you wrong" type of mentality. So let's speak it into up, existence Derek. then. Yeah. Starting tomorrow, it's going to be five Javantes out there in the starting lineup. That Sorry, last game for Pat, the starters did not play most of the game. They were there though. You said they were out. <laughs> I said they, they played their team. They played yes. their starters and they played their rotational bench guys. They weren't playing like their third string or anything. 15 minutes for the majority of their guys. But that's where I'm like, you know, we don't know what Pat is going to be. Look, if like when we think about it, look at Zach. Zach came from Minnesota. Did we think that Zach was going to turn into what he is right now based off of his career? path in minnesota like who really turns out to be anybody who's worthwhile in minnesota as star aside from the guys who are coming right now like with anthony edwards maybe we don't really know if anthony edwards is necessarily a star yet <laughs> um carl anthony like i mean has has he been responsible for like a big huge turnaround in for minnesota yet so like we don't we don't know where these guys are going to end up. So it's kind of hard to like kind of project that, um, especially for a guy who is, hasn't even played two years in the NBA yet. 
it's just kind of hard. I hope he pulls it together because, you know, he's from what people say, the team loves him. You know, a lot of guys have tried taking him under their wing and, you know, he spent all of that time with DeMar over the offseason. I'd like to see a lot of the work actually start to come out with his game, but it's kind of hard to project. If it was anything that I wanted him to take from DeMar, it would be like his mentality. Like yes. that, that dog, like that's that's it. If that's the only thing we wanted him to take away from it, that whole offseason with DeMar, it's that. And unfortunately, I don't see it. And we we asked his brother about that too. Like, did he even, <laughs> and, and granted, he might have just not talked to, his bro- talked to his brother about it, but like, did he talk about how the offseason went? It's like, oh, what do you say? Like, he just talked about having to wake up early. I think that was the only comment that uh, Pat had for his brother in regards to the offseason with DeMar. Like, I would be like, dang, you know, I learned this, I learned this, and he really got in my head and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. But just, uh, and maybe they just don't talk as much. But he's, that he's, was like the only comment was just about waking up early. He, he said, um, no, getting Pat to answer a phone is kind of hard. And mm-hmm. no, DeMar has asked, what player's teammate is going to ignore the group sex that he said pet so pet uh, it's kind of hard to reach pet i assume but justin you are banned from making comparisons because <laughs> anthony edwards the ant man is leaps and bounds better than patrick williams i wasn't comparing him to patrick williams i was saying we don't know about these guys and being stars yet anthony edwards is a star already based off of what did you not watch the playoffs last year i watched the playoffs there's a, there's there were people who showed out in the bubble playoffs yeah i wouldn't know we're not talking about the bubble this is not the bubble <laughs> well when i'm talking about stars i mean like a guy who is affecting winning on a nightly basis i haven't seen that and i'm just saying that from my standpoint i have not seen anthony edwards play like that so i don't know about like him and his effect for that team as far as affecting winning. He's a nice young player that has a winning. lot of talent. He affects but- winning. <laughs> that's that's I, that's all I'm gonna say. He affects winning. They got into the playoffs largely because of Anthony Edwards. They did well enough for their first time in the playoffs because of Anthony Edwards. It was not Carl Anthony Towns that was carrying them, it was Ant Man. That's, that's why he has said, a nickname. He's the Ant-Man. I never said that it was. <laughs> it is largely respected. And I was not comparing them. I'm saying we are very quick. And this is like from like, especially in sports, we are very quick to anoint people. And then when they don't meet up to our expectations of what we put on them, then we're also very quick to tear them down. That's why I'm like, I am not going to say that somebody is like a bona fide star. People have been saying about like Zion. Zion is an incredible talent for the NBA. I don't trust Zion to get through an entire NBA uh, season. And that team last year made the playoffs without him. So that's what I'm saying. Like just as, as far as anointing people as stars before we actually see like at least a good three, four years from that, from that, a player and watching their development. That's all I'm saying. I was not comparing Patrick Williams to Anthony Edwards. I think you'd be crazy to (laughs) compare them because there is no comparison for that. I'm like, Edwards 
in the first two games they played the season had 30 points in both games. <laughs> Not bad. He, he's for his career, which is 2020 to 2022, he's averaging 20.3 points on 42.9 field goal percentage. Yeah, what's his player efficiency rating? There's a lot of people who average a bunch of points that, you know, when they come out in the very beginning. I'm just saying I'm not quick to anoint somebody as a star without them, like, seeing a full body of work. That's my point. I'm not saying that he's a bad player and that he's not talented. He's very talented. He affects winning, it was my point. Are you looking it up right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find it, but as long as we don't go from uh, Kobe to CP3. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going back to Kobe. <laughs> Kobe to CP3. Is <laughs> it's, it's just you know, Ant, Ant has it. He he has that mentality that Patrick does not that. He he has. He already has a mentality that I'm the man. This is my team. That's he he affects winning. Like Derek, <laughs> I, I, I can't put it better than that. Is it talented? But his career player efficiency rating is fifteen point one. His rating right now is eleven point two. Like that, <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a talented player. I think we can all agree that he's a talented player. But, you know, I'm not going to anoint anybody from just off of those numbers right there. Like, how are you doing it effectively? They would not win without him. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> That's just all I'm saying. Like, it's his team. It's not Anthony Edwards' team. I mean, it's Anthony Edwards' team is not Carl Anthony Towns' team anymore. Yeah, that's not saying much for me because I'm not a big Carl Anthony Towns fan myself. But you realize that, like, Io's player efficiency rating is bigger than Anthony Edwards right now? That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I just want to pump the brake before we, like, anoint people as stars uh, that affect winning. That's all I'm saying. Don't hide your face, Mel Melissa. I'm, I, bought, I bought out of the conversation <laughs> eating my popcorn. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, we have the Pacers tomorrow and Pat's challenge. So, what, what's the stat then? It's going to be assist. It has to be assist. It, it has to be assist. Technical fouls. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Ed's going to count that. <laughs> He's got to go for assist. How do you not have one assist and you're playing with DeMar DeRozan and Vooch? I'm not going to count Zach because he, he missed two. So you couldn't have been the guy to throw the ball into Vooch yeah. for an assist. That's probably the most attainable thing. We maybe need to uh, change that to season high and get one assist. That's probably the most attainable. <laughs> you guys are bad. <laughs> Give that man time to develop. <laughs>
I said midseason. I think midseason is a good enough gauge. Let's see where he's at. I said let him develop off the bench, but right now yes. we're talking about what his brother is challenging <laughs> him to do tomorrow. I feel bad because I picked the uh, I picked those brothers over the ball brothers. It's making me rethink my uh... <laughs> You were the only one. And Alba, because Alba is a huge Patrick Williams fan. So you guys were the only two to choose the Williams brothers over the Ball brothers. Hey, I should be able to take, if you're a bona fide NBA player, I should be able to take you being healthy over somebody who uh, is, doesn't have like a, a healthy leg yet. So he said when healthy. He said when healthy. Everybody's healthy. Uh-huh. When everybody's yeah, when- healthy. Meaning you have Lonzo, Lamelo, and Jello. <laughs> I should be able to take Jello. Like, come on, you're going up against two, two and a half people. And Ed hurt himself. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. That's my never, bad. I never seen, I... never seen Ed play. I haven't seen Kobe play, but Jello has been signed to the Hornets and the G League Hornets. Kobe is overseas and no, it's it's said hopefully next year he's a part of the Windy City Bulls. But right now, you're looking at advantage ball for being experienced to the three of them to make it to pretty much the NBA level. I was going off of potential. That's bad relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because yeah, but more of a modern notoriety. Um, the Pacers game is tomorrow, so we got to stick to what's current, what's modern. We got the Pacers, then we have the Spurs <laughs> and the Sixers. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> it's off the rails. Let's just throw popcorn. She's she really did that? pulling her best Benny. Uh, this is what you came on for, John. <laughs> I'm going 3-0 and Bulls. After you know, uh, Sunday morning, it will be 5-2. and two. You're going to get next three. Justin, how are you feeling about that? 3 and 0? Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> are we going off of my like um my potential picks like I did with the <laughs> with the brothers? Um I don't know. Who's you said it's the Pacers and who else? We play the Pacers, the Spurs, and then the Sixers on a back-to-back. Mm. Oh, like the the Spurs are failing at like tanking right now. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if they went against Philly. Philly is always in the Bulls' heads for whatever reason. 
That was last year, not this year. We've got Philly is one and three right now. Yeah, Indiana's one and two. Spurs are the best one. They have the best record out of the, the teams that we're going to play. What are the Spurs at? They're three and one. They're failing at tanking. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to put an end to that. <laughs> Mill looks astonished. <laughs> so is Utah, right? Yeah. Uh, they lost their last game, right? Yeah, they lost. Their, that was their first game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and Lori didn't go off when everybody was like, oh, look at Lori. Jazz is 3-0. and look, look how Lori's doing. Then he scores, like, what, 14 points? And we're like, ah, February Laurie peaked early this year, huh? (laughs) I say two and one. What you got, Mel? I'll go two and one, too. So are you guys saying we're going to lose to the Sixers again? (laughs) Maybe to the Spurs. Mel says we're going to lose to the Spurs and beat the the Pacers and the Sixers. That would be a bullish thing to do. That's what I'm saying. Like based off of like us us beating Miami, but and Boston because we play tomorrow at home. Play the Spurs in Texas and come back the next day in Chicago for the Sixers. Yep. And you got to figure it like Zach's probably going to sit. He's going to sit the Spurs game probably. You think it'll be the Spurs game? Yeah. I mean, I would win them against the Sixers. The Sixers have, what, beat us 12 times in a row now? We haven't beat them with Embiid. Ever. Mm-hmm. That's got to change. Saturday. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, we beat Boston. We beat Miami. Asterisk to the loss on the Wizards. We really should be three and one. It's true. But yeah, we were we were two and fourteen against the top teams in the league last year. We already beat Boston and Miami, who were both in the Eastern Conference Finals. Three and zero. Oh. Three and zero. Oh. Three and zero. Oh. Spicy. Not me being the one that's the most positive today. <laughs> that guy brought me down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're listening. <laughs> Nobody really <laughs> understood that. <laughs> That was an inside thing, man. We don't have to. Let's leave it inside. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I I got three and zero. John's got three and zero. Mel and Justin are going with uh, two and one. We'll see if Pat can get some assist tomorrow. One. <laughs> <laughs> Who can take a couple dribbles? Yes. (laughs) I'm telling you now, when we trade Kobe and we play him and they use him in the right way, he he lights us up. Oh, he's gonna light us up. That's exactly what's gonna happen. You already know. You're like, see, Justin. (laughs) The man just needed to dribble a little bit. I just wish that they would be able to see Justin's face right now because the audio's not on. <laughs> Say something so the viewers can see your face. I can't remember the last time Kobe has lit anything up. So, <laughs> rookie year versus the Knicks in the fourth quarter, I guess. And he scored what twenty three? I think it was. Is that the game uh, Roy Williams was in? <laughs> yes. Oh yes. If if you want to trade, if you want to find some takers for that, like some some team that's holding on to Kobe being able to light somebody up, go for it. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we'll continue. Uh, you know, bringing fellow members of Bulls Nation along with us, John. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for always great. For sure. Wait, can Thanks I ask you guys think we're gonna do as good on rebounds against the these other lineups? Real quick, real quick. Hello. Huh? What, what are we I doing? Said, I said, do you guys think real quick before we we uh, end? Do you think we're gonna do as good at rebounds against these next three teams as we did against the Celtics, considering the lineup? I'm just curious. Philly is going to be uh, that's going to be close. Yeah. Um, I think we'll be fine against the Pacers. Miles Turner still doesn't play. And I don't understand how he sprained his foot um, with, with landing on a ball boy's foot before the game and he's been out like <laughs> And Bulls Nation, you you guys wanted us to trade for that man. Mm-hmm. He's getting hurt jumping around with a ball boy. It reminds me of Carlos Boozer in 2010, right? <laughs> when he tripped over the suitcase. Tripped over his yeah suitcase in his stuff. house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one believed that story. <laughs> oh, it happened. Trust me, <laughs> I believe that story. <laughs> Boozer most definitely tripped. He was probably he was probably doing the hey, grab it, Joe. <laughs> no, he, about Boozer, he was trying to put that that uh, shoe polish on his head and there you go. On the floor. <laughs> Goodness, and boom. Why? <laughs> oh, why did that, that even? Kid. Why was that a thing? Like, who I'm told for... them? Who told him? <sighs> like, who okayed that? Does he not have any? Like, does he not have any real friends? <laughs> like, I would never let. I would never let anybody go out like that. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a Sunday afternoon game on ABC. They were playing the Celtics. I remember that. We were shiny. It looked like a yes. bowling ball. That looked nuts. That's nuts. what we're Joe, <laughs> do you have any friends? <laughs> <laughs> Mill was real upset. Like, where are your friends? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Who let him go down like that? <laughs> That's why you right. need to get real people in your corner. So, being Scratch Boozer ever appearing on this yeah. show off the list. <laughs> like, Boozer's off, Kobe's off. You, you have to edit that one That's all. We didn't say anything bad. I mean, <laughs> we just kept it real, you know. Edit that one out there. I'll give Carlos Boozer this. He's definitely the loudest player in Bulls history. You can hear him louder than the fans. Anytime a rebound, anytime someone would shoot, he was telling Joe to grab that rebound. Mm-hmm. Get it, Joe. <laughs> Maybe hey! Dan take over for that. Cut yeah. to the basket, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The fact that Dale and Terry was on the bench yelling at Patrick to cut to the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Pat's off the list. <laughs> Kobe, <laughs> Boozer. We give... You just uh, edit that last part out. If we give Ben Gordon some bail money, maybe he'll come. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> and he's eliminated now. <laughs> What's the emoji for shots fired? <laughs> it's the water gun. <laughs> <laughs> the water gun. <laughs> Jeez, Derek. We, we got to have somebody come. <laughs> he said bail money, man. Wow. <laughs> and just like that, we never had another guest. <laughs> do, do we have Benis- for a Benis- burning Benis- bridge? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, going back to records, uh, I think that San Antonio will probably be load managing their entire roster. <laughs> <So> <laughs> got because they have to get under out. 500 like quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, catch you guys next week. <laughs> Until then, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Be red till the deathbed. Sir. <laughs> Tennis game over, the horn blows. Oh.